okay? Okay, so...
Good morning. morning. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church. We're glad everyone's here this morning. Uh, Please take a moment and uh, grab the fellowship pew pad at the end of the pew and sign your name and pass it along to your neighbor so we know that you've been here and you can greet each other by first name at the end of the service. And please join us after the service uh, in Fellowship Hall for uh, coffee, donuts, and, and fellowship. Uh, before we begin, we have one, one announcement. I'd ask Ron Pollock, please, please come up. Good morning. Good morning, Ron. Many of you ask me each week how uh, Son Adam is doing in Kenya, and I thought I'd better give you a brief, brief uh, update on what's happening at uh, Instep Children's Home. Um, this past week, Julia Fracasa has left the home and returned here to the States for personal reasons and has no plans to return at this point. Um, well, Jeff and Carla, the directors there, um, had planned a vacation to the, to the coast, and they're gone for eight days to the coast. So while they're gone and, uh, and there is no medical care there other than the, the, the doctor that's a, a little ways away, um, Adam is covering for Julia, and he's covering for Carla, and he's covering for Jeff, and he needs a lot of prayer. Um, I mean, he's, he's preparing and dispensing meds, which is not his, his expertise. He's doing the shopping and, uh, for, for the home. He's, he's, he's handling the everyday crisis that arise, and, and so just do please um, keep him in your prayers this week extra diligently, because uh, I'm sure that's what will sustain him. Um, then when, when Jeff and Carla come back, he plans a, a, a day trip into Nairobi to see if he can get his, uh, pick up his papers to keep him there in Kenya. Um, they gave him a three-month extension, which will expire now March 15th, and, um, and hopefully he's, he, he's, he's believing and has faith that they will give him his, his papers for the next three years, but um, the, the government has not been processing those papers, so um, just to pray on that also, that, that they will grant him the papers to stay and, and do what he's doing. And then the month of February, Jeff is returning to the States to do some things for the month, so he will continue to have to cover for him the entire month of February. So uh, just to, you know, please remember him in your prayers and, and, and sustain him with, with God's strength. Thank you. Thanks, Bruce, would you please prepare us for worship?
Good morning. Good morning, Louise. Today we celebrate the women of First Presbyterian Church and their wonderful support for mission, Bible study, and fellowship. We are grateful for their time and talents, as well as your financial contributions through the Second Mile Giving Offering, our annual campaign to help us fund these missions and activities. Our service can come in many different forms and can change focus as we live our lives. Ten years ago, I was teaching Sunday school and washing dishes at Logos. While I'm still washing dishes at Logos, I am also a youth group volunteer and am co-leading the mission trip to Kingston, Jamaica. I realize that we may not all share the same interests. Some of us are good at building homes, others at building relationships. You may be comfortable delivering a freezer meal, but not so comfortable delivering a devotion. And while I can't knit a sweater, I think I can knit together a pretty good team. What I do know is that Jesus told us to go, and with God's help, we can do. Please read the insert in today's bulletin for a list of organizations, groups, and activities that Presbyterian women support or oversee. Think about your gifts and talents, your interests in your particular stage of life. Whether you are new to the church or just want to serve somewhere new, we have a mission for you. Now, will you join me in the call to worship? And please pay attention. There are specific parts for each people. Among the poor and among the proud, among the persecuted, Christ is coming to make all things new. In the private house, in the public place, in the wedding feast, Christ is coming to make all things new. With a gentle touch, with an angry word, with a clear conscience, Christ is coming to make all things new. That the kingdom might come, that the world might believe, that the powerful might stumble. Christ is coming to make all things new. Within us, without us, behind us, before us. In this place, in every place. Christ is coming to make all things new. Alleluia. Let us worship God together.
Friends, I want to welcome to the pulpit this morning the Reverend Dr. Eileen Bordun van der Zwan. She comes to us from the Webster Presbyterian Church and a long tradition of being raised in the church. Her mother, in fact, was a church organist. Don't you love that, Dr. Frank? Absolutely. And her father served on the consistory in the Christ Reformed, Christian Reformed Church in New Jersey. She went to Princeton and got her MDiv, and then she is also a lifelong learner, proving that by going back to get her Doctor of Ministry right here at Colgate Rochester Crozier Divinity School. She brings a passion to bringing the arts into our worship and our ministry, and you'll get an opportunity to witness that today. So, Eileen, we're absolutely delighted to have you in the pulpit today. Welcome. There's probably a lot of you who don't remember me, but it's a joy to be back here again, and a lot of familiar faces. Not all the names are coming, but that's my thing anyway. Um, But we are here to worship God, so let us now join in the prayer together that is printed in the bulletin. Let us pray together. O God, you are the rock of our salvation, O God, the source of our strength. You are the fountainhead from which flows living waters. When our souls thirst for righteousness, your justice sustains us. In need of encouragement, we behold your power and glory. We lift our hands in the sanctuary. With our lips, we praise you. We raise our voices and call on your name. Fill us now with the Holy Spirit and nourish us by your presence. Amen. The God who loves us wants to listen to us. In confidence, let us bring to God our prayers of confession and rededication. Please join me. As you cause the sun to rise, O God, bring the light of Christ to dispel all darkness. Give us grace to reflect God's glory. Let Christ's love show in our deeds. Christ's peace shine in our souls, and Christ's healing be evident in our touch, that we might give him praise, now and forever. Amen. The God who created us is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Be at peace and believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. seated friends but if you're a young person or young at heart I invite you to come join me in the chancel I have some important work for you this morning I need some touch and feel help touch and feel help come on up and I don't want you to sit I want you to come up and touch and feel come take a look at these wonderful works of art that we have up on the chancel and in on our communion table don't they look beautiful 
Can you see? You want me to lift you up, honey? Can you see? Oh, there you go. There you go. Can you see, Finn? Everybody take a look. What do you see? Do you see some prayer shawls and some lap robes? And look at this cute sweater set with the little poofy hat. And I've got one. Oh, Mr. Kennedy, I think you're a little big for this right now. But maybe at some point you had one of these on your head. Does anybody remember ever being in the hospital? Have any of you ever had to go to the hospital? Finn, what do you remember from being at the hospital? Were you visiting somebody or did you have to go for something that you needed fixed? Visiting somebody? Well, these beautiful works of art that have been lovingly hand-knit by people in our congregation or people who love being uh, part of the ministry of this congregation have been handed out to little babies in the neonatal intensive care unit or they've been sent through a wonderful ministry called World Vision to children around the world or these wonderful lap ropes have been given to people who've been in the hospital and then have gone home or have gone to a rehabilitation facility to make them feel as if the love of God were surrounding them. Pretty cool, huh, Matthew? You like that? William, do you like that? Yeah. You like that? I like that, too. The feeling that comes from it arouse us to know that we are very much knit together, not just as the psalmist said, knit together in our mother's wombs, but even the Apostle Paul writes about knitting. Really? The Apostle Paul writes about knitting. Listen, in Ephesians 4, he says, I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body of Christ, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. All of us knit together ligaments, those parts in our bodies. Go ask Dr. Francis about it. Those parts in our bodies that connect us together. We are knit together with that love of Jesus Christ, and our Presbyterian women knit these things and then share them with people so that they can know that they're knit together. Now, what part do you play in that? Any ideas? Has anybody ever learned how to knit? What do you know? Miss Dykeman, how do you how do you knit? Um, I really know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So it takes a tool, right? What do you know about it, Erin? That's right. So you need a tool to do your knitting. You can't just kind of Okay, I'm going to over and under it, right? You need a tool. Any ideas what the tool might be? Any ideas what the tool might be to knit us together? Bible! Really? How great would that be? Because we can study it together and love the Word of God and allow it to knit us together, right? In the love of God? How fabulous would that be? Are you guys in the kingdom studying a little bit about the Bible? Yeah? Are you in worship studying a little bit about the Bible? See, you're a part of this. 
And you can play an even more active part the more you study the Word of God, right? So you can make some of these, and Ms. Dykeman's going to have little tutorials right after, right after worship today. Or how many men and women would be willing to teach some of our young people how to knit? See, I see Mrs. Bartosh. I see some other hands who'd be willing to teach people. At, Mrs. H will teach people how to knit. How many men and women would be willing to teach the love of the Bible? Yeah, you too, Judy. Absolutely. So we can all take part and work together on this, right? You guys ready to go have fun making things in the kingdom for the heifer fair? Yes. Yes. We love it. Let's pray about it first, shall we? Go ahead and knit yourselves together by holding hands or holding elbows. Okay. God in heaven, we give you thanks for this opportunity to study your word, to celebrate the things and the gifts that we all have, and to use them to share and to knit us together. We pray this all with confidence because we pray it in your son's mighty and saving name. Amen. Have fun in the kingdom.
This morning's first Old Testament lesson is taken from the prophet Amos. Listen for God's word to each of us. Seek good and not evil, that you may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you, just as you have said. Hate evil and love good, and establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord, the God of hosts, will be gracious to the remnants of Joseph. I hate, despise your festivals, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the offerings of well-being of your fatted animals, I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps. But let justice roll down like the waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning's second Old Testament lesson is taken from Micah. Listen for God's calling upon each of us. He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. The word of the Lord. This morning's epistle lesson is taken from Paul's letter to the Colossians. Listen for God's word to each of us. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. I just take, want to take a moment to thank the choir, John Nesbeck, that's a beautiful anthem and how perfect for this morning. Thank you so much for that. The final reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark. We're going to be reading from Mark 7 and you're welcome to follow along, but I am, uh, we together are going to be reading from the Common English Bible, so it's a bit of a different translation. And I'm thankful for Jesus and the woman who will be reading with me this morning. Hear the word of the Lord from Mark 7, beginning at verse 24. Jesus set out and went away to the region of Tyre. 
He entered a house and did not want anyone to know that he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. And a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. Jesus, I hear that you can heal, that you cast out demons. Please heal my daughter. He responded, Let the children be fed first, for it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Good answer. For saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. When she returned to her house, she found the child lying on the bed and the demon gone. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The hymn following the sermon um, is probably unfamiliar (laughs) to many of you, but can I make, um, let me challenge you to focus on the words, even if you don't know the melody, because it's a really powerful song. And now as we get ready to hear God's word, please pray with me. Holy God, we come to you this morning. We come here sometimes out of out of habit. We come here because it's what we do on Sunday morning. But Lord, we are here more because you have invited us, you have gathered us together. And so we offer you our praise. And we pray that we may hear a word you may have for us this morning. And so the words that I have prepared, I pray that they may in some way be a blessing. In your name we pray. Amen. It was a day like any other. During the night, I sleep little. How could it be any different? My little daughter kicks and screams all day and all night. She is so worn down that there is little left of her. She barely eats. Did I tell you that she screams most of the time? I cannot remember a day when life was normal, although, to be honest with you, I have no idea what normal is anymore. And because she has an unclean spirit, we are both considered unclean. No one will come near us. And sometimes I am so angry. I'm so lonely and so weary. I look at my little girl and I want something so much better for her. When she was a baby, she slept in my arms. She was the best baby you can imagine. But then the unclean spirit entered her. And our lives have never been the same. I did not know where to turn anymore. And then I heard about this man named Jesus. It seems he has been traveling and healing, and I heard that he casts out demons. The stories are extraordinary. 
When I heard that Jesus was here in this area, I didn't waste a minute. I dropped what I was doing and I almost ran. My heart was pounding and I was so scared and excited at the same time. I love my daughter. You can understand that, can't you? We don't stop loving our children in the tough times. It seems that that's when our love grows even deeper. Even when we think we can't anymore, we love them. Did I tell you she screams all the time? There are moments when I have wondered if I really did love her. I have become so exhausted. I look at her and there are times when I just want her to shut up. Can you understand that? Those are on my worst days. Days when I don't even like myself anymore. As a parent, as a constant caregiver, those days come. Sometimes they move in for a while, those days when we think we just can't cope anymore. And add to the exhaustion is the guilt. Guilt because you think maybe it's something you have done to cause this whole mess. Guilt because you have lost patience and you say things you shouldn't say and you do things that you are ashamed of later. Days when you have lost the spirit to keep on giving. And guilt because you feel sorry for yourself and you want a better life. And then thankfully there are those other days when I look at my little girl and I know that this is not her doing. Know that she too would want a better life if she could understand. Know that the love I have for her is so real and so full that my heart can't contain it all. Those are those other days, days when things aren't quite so overwhelming, at least the days when I think I can kind of handle it. That's been my life. So when I heard about Jesus, I just left everything and went to find him. If Jesus is who people say that he is, I will do whatever it takes to get to him. I believe in miracles. I have always believed that someday, somehow, things will be different and my daughter will be the one people will remember because she has made it through this to the other side. Maybe today, maybe today is that day. We know the story. This is one of those hard stories in the New Testament Jesus has been doing what Jesus came to do. He has been performing miracles like walking on water. Read Mark. He has been teaching and healing. He has told parables and lived parables. And not long before our reading, Jesus fed 5,000 people with nothing more than five loaves of bread and two fish. And now it seems that Jesus is spent As our reading begins, it seems that Jesus needs to get away, and he goes to the Gentile country, the region of Tyre, and he enters a house. We aren't told whose house it is, but we are told that Jesus doesn't want anybody to know that he is there. What we are observing here is the real human side of Jesus. Worn out from ministry, Needing some time alone, some time away from the crowds, some time to rest and pray and be rejuvenated. Maybe he thinks there's better hope of some peace and quiet 
in the land of foreigners. But he doesn't get what he hoped for. He could not escape notice, even in a foreign land. Maybe that's why he seems kind of ornery. Fame is not always what it's cracked up to be. And Jesus' life is like that. People follow him. They find out what he's doing and where he's going, and they make it their business to be where he is. And today that person happens to be a woman who has a little daughter with an unclean spirit. We learn a few things about her. She approaches Jesus, and she falls down at Jesus' feet. And before we learn what happens next, we find that she has a whole slew of strikes against her. She is a woman who is usually a person of little value in the culture of that time, and sadly, still today in many places. And she is of Syrophoenician origin, which means that she is a Phoenician who was born in Syria. She's an outsider in her own land. And she's a Gentile. That makes her unclean. The Jews want nothing to do with Gentiles. And add to that, she has a child with an unclean spirit. So that makes her unclean to the power of two. But this does not stop her. Nothing will stop her. She is a woman with chutzpah. She will not let anyone get the best of her, not over her dead body. In a time when women should be seen and not heard, she is a woman with a voice and not afraid to use it. She is a woman ahead of her time. A while ago, I received an email from a friend, and in it was this quote. Be the kind of woman... That when your feet hit the ground each morning, the devil says, Oh crap, she's awake. (laughs) And I must tell you, I cleaned up the language. (laughs) Now, I love that quote. It makes me smile. It says, Be a woman of strength. Be a woman with vitality and energy, with purpose. Be busy with life. At least that's what it says to me. Be working for things that the devil hates which to my interpretation means be busy with God's work and don't let anything or anyone hinder you. Of course, this text isn't just for women, just like the whole Bible isn't just for men. So be the kind of person that when your feet hit the ground each morning, the devil says, oh crap, he, oh crap, she's awake. This quote reminds me of the Syrophoenician woman. She's a woman with tenacity. She is a woman with strength and vitality. She is a woman with a mission. She knows what she needs, and she goes after it. When she hears about Jesus, immediately, the text says, without a moment's delay, she is on her way. And when she finds him, she bows down at Jesus' feet. This unclean outsider of a woman falls at Jesus' feet and begs him to cast the demon out of her daughter. Even in her strength, she is willing to be humble. But Jesus' response is not what we would expect. Jesus says to her, and I quote, Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. Wait a minute. Did we read that right? Did Jesus call this woman a dog? 
Here's where this text gets hard. Here is where we have a difficult time figuring out what in the world Jesus is thinking to be so rude to this woman. This is the only time when we read about Jesus not offering healing with kindness and compassion. And as I studied this text, I found all kinds of ways that people have come to defend why Jesus doesn't sound here like the Jesus we have come to know and love. I'll share a couple of them. One explanation is that Jesus was using a more familiar word for dog, like a family pet, and Jesus was making a gentle joke. To the contrary, another commentary said that the word Jesus used was the word Jews used to put down Gentiles, this word dog. Hey, maybe Jesus was tired. And this woman managed to find him just before he was going to take a nap or watch some football on TV or sit down to his first home-cooked meal that he'd had in weeks. There have been sermons and articles and commentaries trying to explain why Jesus seemed so rude to this woman who kneeled at his feet and asked him to cure her little girl who was inhabited with an unclean spirit. And in the end of the day, we don't really know why Jesus would say what he said in the way that he said it. At the end of the day, we have no better explanation for Jesus' behavior. We don't know why Jesus said it. What we do know is what this woman does with it. She is a woman ahead of her time. She speaks. She takes what Jesus says and she turns it to her advantage. Rather than becoming defensive about the words Jesus used and say, Hey, wait a minute, what did you call me? Instead, she uses his metaphor to work for her. She plays right into the metaphor and makes it her own. Dear sir, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Call me what you like. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. I asked for your help, and I will continue to ask for your help. I know what you have the power to do. You see, I have a little girl who needs whatever blessings you are willing to offer, and I know that even those crumbs can feed her enough to make her better. This woman without a name, without any status, without the right passport or religious standing, this outsider on so many levels stands her ground and will not give up until Jesus blesses her. She is quite the sparring partner. She reminds me of Jacob in the Old Testament, who wrestled all night with the Lord, and as the morning approached, took hold of God and said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And God does what Jacob asks, and Jacob receives a new name, Israel. And Jacob says, I have seen God face to face. We don't know. Maybe Jesus made it hard for this woman to remind us that faith is not always easy. Maybe Jesus was demonstrating that faith is about endurance and a real conversation with God. Faith is something we have to take seriously if it is to be faith at all. 
God doesn't always hand things to us on a plate the way we want them. God wants us to ask, to grow in trust, in strength, and in chutzpah. God wants us to take God absolutely seriously, and that means it's okay to argue, to say what we think, and hold on until God blesses us, because that is what real faith looks like. And that is when we come face to face with God. What we know about this woman, what we learn from this narrative, is that she took Jesus so seriously that she completely believed that Jesus could do what Jesus does. I will not let you go until you bless me. I know that you are Jesus, the one who heals, and I want that for my daughter. I want that for me. I'll be happy with the crumbs. Thank you very much. And without another word, without more argument, without another moment to waste, Jesus says to this woman ahead of her time, for saying what you have said, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. And then she can go, for she has gotten what she came for. There is no way on earth or heaven I was about to give up on my daughter. There is no way I was leaving Jesus until Jesus cast that demon that was eating away life from the inside out. What a person Jesus is. He gave me a run for my money, but he took me seriously. He listened to what I had to say, and he did what I asked him to do. And and my little girl, you should see her. What a beauty. She eats, she sleeps, she plays, she sings, she dances. Jesus changed her life forever. Jesus changed my life forever. When I went to find Jesus, I had no idea what would happen. How could I? But everything I heard about Jesus was true and more. Sometimes we don't know why God says what God says or does what God does. God doesn't fit into the boxes we have made for God. Sometimes we are left without answers to questions we want or need answers to. But what we do know is that God listens to our voices, our fears, our frustrations, our needs, and even our audacity to hope. God is there to listen, and God responds. God responds by having sent his Son to love us more than words can express. And because of that love, Christ died to make things right, not always in our time or in our way. So sometimes we believe, and sometimes we find believing too hard I pray for us all the tenacity to hold on to God until God blesses us. God has, and God will continue to do so. And by the way, this living parable, it's about justice. Jesus faces the other, a woman with so many strikes against her and offers her life and new beginnings. He gives her a run for her money But he doesn't cast her off because she is a woman or unclean or a foreigner. Those things in the end do not 
disqualify her. May we seek justice for those such as she. May we have the audacity to be a voice for the voiceless as she was for her little daughter, for all those hurting and in need of justice are our brothers and sisters, our mothers and fathers, our sons and daughters in Christ. On this Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, as we celebrate what is required of us, actions demanded so that justice may come to every person, may this woman, ahead of her time, be a reminder to us that doing nothing is not an option. Actions are demanded of us, each one of us, so that with the help of God's Spirit, justice might roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. May we believe so strongly in the work and healing and love of Jesus that we are not deterred so that someday we may hear the words because of what you have said, because of what you have done, go in peace. Restoration is on the way. That's how God is changing the world, bit by bit, one person at a time. May we not only see a glimpse of light, but may we offer glimpses as well. In the name of the one who offers hope to the hopeless and possibilities in the face of impossibilities, alleluia and amen. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for your word. It's not just a bunch of words in a book. It is your living word. You offer it to us so that we can learn more about who you are and who we are called to be. Lord, fill us with such confidence in you that we are bold to move forward for the justice of all people. For when anyone hurts, we all hurt as your people. Go with us now. Give us chutzpah and tenacity in your name. Amen. The song we're going to sing, I remind you again, look at the words. Thank you.
having heard the word of the Lord preached with chutzpah and sung with effervescent descant, let us give our first fruits to God using the prayer that Deborah Fernares will lead for us. Please pray with me. Ever generous God, you parent us in the most loving of fashions, giving us what we need and helping us to grow in the age of maturity, appropriate fashions. You call us to faithful discipleship and equip us for our calling. Help us give generously and confident hearts that acknowledge your many blessings to us and bless all our varieties of gifts that we might be a blessing to others. Amen. Please be seated, friends. We have beautiful flowers in the chancel, and they are a gift from Beth Collins and from her dad, Ken, in remembrance of a beautiful lady who wore hats. I miss Greta Garman very much. She brought class, and I imagine she's sharing that class in heaven and now in the sanctuary with us. We also give thanks and praise 
for an upcoming baptism. Normally we enjoy them right here in our chancel, but if you have an urge to see a dunking on Wednesday at the Parent and Recreation Center, we will be dunking Dylan Gerard, who's a student who's been worshiping with us, and he wants to have a baptism by full immersion. So with our Logos program on Wednesday, we will be doing that. We'll be there at 4.30. If you'd like to be a part, come and join us. We give thanks and praise for recoveries. Bob Schoen, what a joy it is to have you back in worship with us. What a lovely heart you have, sir. Congratulations. Amen. And we give thanks and praise for the ways that God knits us together in our mother's wombs and eventually calls us home. So please, friends, be in prayer for Van Travis's family. Van is still at the friendly home in hospice care, and Clara and the rest of the family are surrounding him with lots and lots of love as he makes this journey of trust. We've also had a couple of people called home to God. Some of you might remember Mildred Sarniyoki Carlson. She passed away on the 15th, and her memorial service will be held at the convenience and in the privacy with her family in this upcoming week. Didi, you and your sister are here. And the whole choir, and indeed this whole congregation, is crying with you at the loss of your dad the night before last. We're very sorry that Bob Miller has left us, but we're very thankful that he has joined God in the kingdom. And we will be surrounding you with our love and prayers. Do you have more specifics about Saturday that you want to share? We'll figure it out. It may be Saturday afternoon at 3. God's grace on you both. Friends, please join me in prayer. Gracious God, the one who empowers us, emboldens us, and calls us by name, the children of God, we pray for your blessing on this whole church, the body of Christ, knit fully together, that we might live through the power of the Holy Spirit. Guide us, great spirit, to be an inclusive church that tears down walls as your son did with justice. Help us welcome the gifts, the skills, and the calls of men and women of all ages to serve you. Provide us with the wisdom and the maturity to allow new ideas and visions to guide us in service to you and to the whole wide world. Gracious God, the one who loves us, who comforts and teaches us, shroud our civic and national leaders with a spirit of compassion, justice, and love so that justice may roll over your people like waters and that righteousness flow through the land like an ever-flowing stream. Gracious God, the one who protects and provides for us, bless all the nations of the world. Bless those who mourn so they shall be comforted. Bless those who are hungry so they will be filled. Bless those who are at war so their hearts will yearn and work for peace. Bless those who are most vulnerable so they might find strength in your spirit, protection from their oppressors, and resources from their supporters. Gracious God, the one who performs miracles in the powerful name of Jesus, we boldly stand before you, empowered by the love shown through Jesus with prayers of joy and concerns in our hearts. We thank you for having heard our prayers spoken and unspoken. It is to you, gracious God, eternal and everlasting, that we present these prayers, trusting only in the merit and sacrifice of Christ, through whom, with whom, and in whom we pray confidently, saying, 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.